Aloha. Welcome to Wisdom Dialogues with Hope Johnson. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Coming to you from Wawa on the beautiful island of Hawaii. Yay! <laughs> Today we're going to talk about I don't know. I don't have any idea. Let's see what it is. We'll find out together. <laughs> Singing music that's coming up. Like, um, you know, it's all like, a, it's all like a sound. It's like a sound vibration. Like everything that we're perceiving, it's like a resonance. It's an energetic resonance, and it's really not more than that, even though it looks like it's a lot more than that. It's like something that's, that's really, you know, physical and something that we have to try to manipulate or make move a certain way or evaluate even, you know. But really, it's all just like a, a dance or a musical, um, musical instruments playing, you know. And when it's all so playful like that, it's, it's easy. It's just easeful. We can just be in love with one another. We can just be dancing in, in love with one another instead of trying to control any of it. And it's like, sure, some uncomfortable energies arise. You know, you might call it like dissonance, a dissonant chord, some kind of uncomfortable energy arise. But it's like, just wait, kind of... Be in the space with it and just wait because it's changing, it's moving, it's always birthing something new, you know? And just watching it unfold, that's the beauty of it. That's like what, what's known as embodiment of it. It's like you're not trying to disconnect yourself from it. You know, detachment is a lot different from disconnecting yourself from it. The detachment is more like a mental detachment from any of the judgments that you would put on anything. But the full embodiment is a willingness to get all of the energies that are playing, to feel all of the energies that are playing and not resist it. And it opens you up. That's what the energies are for. They're showing you a deeper sense of bliss and joy and comfort within any kind of perception that it is. It's like in, in being and in finding ourselves out of harmony, so to speak finding ourselves out of harmony, it's like, oh, there's a gift there. It's not anything to evaluate about it. You know you're out of harmony, so to speak, only, because you know that you can, you can tell the contrast. You can tell the difference between being in joy and being in fear, between being in guilt and being in love. You can, you can tell the difference easily. But it's nothing to evaluate, and it's not for you to get back to love. Yay. It's not for you to try to get yourself back to love. It's just to feel whatever that is, feel into whatever that energy is. You know, people have told me things like, I can't get this. I'm not there yet. It's like, just get that feeling. 
that's a feeling arising. You know that what you're saying right now, it's like a it's like a sound vibration of a feeling that's also a sound vibration. So just get that feeling. I'm not there yet. Get the feeling. I had the fun experience this weekend of playing the harp over at Manifest. And just playing the harp, not wisdom dialogues with the harp, which is something I'm more accustomed to. <laughs> just playing the harp and listed as a music- musician, like I'm getting in free as a musician to this Manifest thing. <laughs> so you were up on stage? No, I wasn't on stage. I wasn't on stage, but I was playing the harp at certain locations oh. during different things, kind of like background music. So not like I didn't have any songs specifically to play or anything like that. It was just kind of like just playing the harp, letting the harp do the harpy things, letting these hands do the hand things, you know. <laughs> and it was like, it was my first time ever stepping out into a scene like that with no pretty much no practice at it like going okay now I'm just gonna play the harp just been practicing doing my lessons you know doing all my lessons learning songs stuff like that and in noticing any kind of apprehension about it any kind of fear about it I even tried to give it to my friend Leah I tried to spot to her I'm like hey how about if you you know you're the one who's a musician (laughs) like you actually write songs and you have them down and you can do a whole set and everything like that Uh, (laughs) but I called the I called the leader of it and she said no it's going to be you it's going to be you and it's going to be the harp and I'm like okay like we'll see what happens and just in Watching the, for these opportunities, like I know, it's like, whoa, there's an opportunity right there in, you know, what if I'm not good enough? And they're kind of like, well, what the heck? Why is she on here? You know, she doesn't know how to play the harp. <laughs> All she does, does is just like, whatever. <laughs> you were afraid you'd sound like Roseanne singing the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, it's like it, it's like uh, it's like a sense like wow, this is a a big thing where a lot of different musicians come and really good musicians too, really well practiced. Like they got a set, you know, they know exactly what song's gonna go and then what song's gonna follow and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just gonna be the, over there like strumming my harp. <laughs> so it's just. Looking, and, and all the times I try to get out of it, too. Like, I, I show up at the pussy activation ceremony, and that's where I'm supposed to be playing the harp. The push, pussy, pussy activation Yes, ceremony. it's only for the women. Oh, I wonder okay. why. <laughs> well, tell us about that. <laughs> you had to be there. Well, I didn't actually go in. I was playing the harp on the outside of it. Oh. So I showed up, and I didn't see a spot for me to play the harp. And it was like, and, and, and there was like, I thought, it was like, oh, well, I don't need to do that at all. You know, I'll just walk away and go over to the food section and get some food. <laughs> and then I asked one woman, um, do you know about someone playing the harp here? Do you know where I should play the harp? And she said, play it right here in front of me. <laughs> so there I was playing the harp, and I'm just, you know, it just starts going. It just starts. It just starts flowing, and I'm enjoying it, and she's enjoying it. She starts toning to it, and we're just having a beautiful. 
sexually, and then people start coming out of the pussy activation, and, and they're, like, they're like looking at us, and they're like, oh my goodness, and people are, are like, oh, I would have rather been out here than in there, you know, <laughs> like this is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> really, if they could hear it in there, oh. you know, that was, that was right. Jill's intention, that they hear the harp while they're in there, because there's lots of quiet times and things like that. But, you know, it's like, and the, and the other part of it is to let it go. So it doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to be, you know. It could, they could come out and go, what is that shitty music playing out there? And it's the same. It's just the same. Without the pressure on the person to have to do it in a certain way, that's how there's fun in it. And, and in the fun in it and having fun with it, that's what allows all of the things to flow and all of the, uh, all of the love to just flow easily, shared easily. You know, you find yourself just sharing love in whatever it is and no pressure, no pressure on yourself. So I knew when I was, I was, she told me, okay, it was just a couple days before I'm going to do it. By the way, you're listed as a musician and you've got a free ticket and here's where I want you to play. And, and I knew, I go, whoa, that's a big energy. <laughs> I'd even find myself telling people when I come into the gate, uh, yeah, I'd like to park up closer because I'm a musician. I have a musician band right here. Second <laughs> band. <laughs> oh, really? What do you play? Whose band are you in? <laughs> I'm in Pope Johnson. <laughs> And then, and then, you know, I, I didn't know I'm like playing uh, and I didn't know it, it, to me, I'm like, oh, I would play it just like anyone. I play it just like anyone would, like if they picked it up and played it. And then I realized while I'm on, at that festival, it's completely unique. It's completely unique. It's like whatever is coming through us, it's completely your, it's like your own unique kind of flavor, let's say. And it's not like, oh, this is just like anyone can pick this harp up and do the exact same thing, just like I'm doing it. It's going to be the, their own unique kind of flavor. And that's what Jill was telling me. I want it to be you. I want you, basically. Not so much the harp, for instance. The harp is great. It's an instrument I'd like to see there. But I want you to play. And, it's just, and, and then it's just, it's just playful. And you know, and that's kind of like, uh, you know, it relates to finding yourself in this life. You know, a lot of people are telling me, I don't feel like I belong in this life. I don't feel like I belong in this. Like, the world seems so harsh, and I feel like I'm so, you know, gentle and loving, and I'm not sure how to, ma how to navigate this world. And, you know, you could say, the Creator said, I want it to be you. I want it to be you. I want it to share your joy. I want you to share your joy with this world. And just as you do, in your own way. So it's always, it's always in just allowing yourself to be unburdened of all those, how do I do it? How do I make money, for instance? You know, and the creator's like, let me do it. I can do it. It's kind of like, you're like a plant. 
You're completely taken care of. And that's what the true sense of abundance is, that you're just taken care of. Wherever you find yourself, that's the right place. That's where you're asked to only get the sense of being off somehow, not belonging somehow, not being good enough in some way. Get that sense of that with a willingness to see what's really true. And it always gets revealed. And in a fun and playful way. Because we're all fun and playful. And if it, if it looks like something else, if it looks like any seriousness, they're kidding. <laughs> they're just kidding. They are. It, that's for you to know. You don't have to convince them that they're kidding. They don't want to be convinced. Perhaps. Perhaps they do. But perhaps they don't want to be convinced. They want to carry on this charade. Like, this is serious. This is something that you can't laugh at this. It's really serious this time. It's like, okay, that's okay with me. <laughs> no one really wants you to be serious about anything. That's what I noticed. It seems like it sometimes. I really want you to take this seriously. But what I see is that's not really what they want from you. That may be what they think they want from you. And for the most part, people just go along with that. Like that's an influence. You could say it's an influence. Like I want to influence you to believe that if I run out of eggs, for instance, that's a bad thing. <laughs> so make sure you keep supporting me with the eggs. <laughs> it's like this ego energy is always trying to convince someone else to take our story seriously. Take my story seriously, and so then you can help me, and then I can get the support I need to make the changes that I need to made, be made in myself, for instance. I need to heal myself. I have, oh, it's a fun, fun thing. There are big ass dildos being sold at the women's tent. I don't know if that's what they really called them. I think they called them crystal wands, but they were like big wieners <laughs> <laughs> that are meant to be <laughs> inserted. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's like, it's like the, the thought is, let's use those to heal this sexual trauma. And the thing about sexual trauma is, as soon as it's made real, then you have something to heal. And the whole ego's thing is seek but do not find. Okay? There's no thing in you that's broken. There's no thing in you that needs a healing, for instance. You know, 
the energy that you perceive, what you perceive of yourself, that's just a, a play, it's a body concept playing out. The healing is impersonal. You can say it's an impersonal mind. You're not unhealed, you're not capable of being unhealed. The unhealed that's being perceived has nothing to do with you. You know, a friend, a friend was, uh, was in, standing in line crying with, you know, full body at the, in line for that activation, you know. And the story that she told me when I held her was, I don't belong here. I don't belong with these women. They're so much more than me. I don't belong in this space, you know. And I laugh so hard. <laughs> I laugh so hard while we're hugging, you know. I laugh so much. Uh, I was like, you know that doesn't have anything to do with you, right? <laughs> You're talking about just like a general sense of separation that goes through everyone's mind. <laughs> and it really like is not yours. Is not yours. So in that case, not only is it like you belong but it's like everyone needs you because you can see through this right now for everyone. And so as we, as we hugged, there was just a deep breath. And then we're both laughing. And then she was way back in line too. A bunch of people passed us, but she didn't mind. <laughs> it's only when you take it as a personal thing and then you take responsibility for your own healing. That's a thing too. Taking responsibility for your own healing. Like even I got to find the right healer. You might find yourself with the healer. It's fine. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that you, that you don't believe in this. You don't believe that you're, that you're not unhealed. That you find yourself with a healer. But just remember, it's impersonal. It's not yours. It's not your thing that you have to heal. There's nothing wrong with you in the first place. And look, the more you can have a laugh at it, the more it's going to work itself out. The more you're going to see it for what it is. I mean, really, the healing is you see it for what it is. That's really all it is. You see that thing for what it is, and it just doesn't have those kind of teeth. It can't grab you. It can't suck you in to, oh, I'm this. I'm so like this. Let it play out. And, it, and this thing, this, this body concept, it's like a dancer. It's like a dancer. It's just moving and flowing. And, it, however, and however it is, however it is, it's totally accepted by the Creator. It's just that, you know, as you have come to know it, to know it, through conditioning, coming to know this body concept, there's judgments about it. That's why it's not like you need forgiveness. It's not like you need forgiveness because you've never been unforgiving, unforgiving. But it's like you need to offer forgiveness for whatever you think this thing is doing. However you think it's acting. One, one friend told me that he has this gift where he can transfer some energy to people. He puts his hand up and he transfers energy to people. And that he felt so bad because 
he felt like he really pushed it on a person instead of offering it, saying, you need this. You know, saying, you need this thing. You need this gift of mine that I have that I can give to you. You know, and he was telling me about that. And he was telling me how bad he feels about that. And, you know, here's the, here's the thing. That bad feeling is just so that you can allow more joy and more compassion for yourself. Not so you can change yourself. Not so you could try to make it so that you don't push things on people, for instance, because that's saying that you actually have a choice in what you do. You're having a choice in how this plays out, which it looks like that, but it's all the past. This body concept, however it's playing out right now, is the past. It's past thoughts playing forward. So in being happy about the learning, that's a learning experience. Oh, wow, I really don't like being pushy like that. It doesn't feel good. And the I that's saying I don't like doesn't even exist. It's a playing out of something. And that's how the learning, it, it just happens naturally and easily. And things where, you know, if you, if you find yourself pushing, that's a sense of separation. It's just coming from a sense of separation. So we don't need to try to deepen the sense of separation by making it, I don't like that, so I'm going to do it different. I'm going to be watching myself and monitoring myself and doing it different next time. When you put the burden on yourself like that, you are asking for the ego's assistance, the ego's assistance with that, because it's as if you have a choice in the moment. If you, if, you, if you think that you have a choice in how you manifest in the moment, then you can miss what the real guidance is. The only choice you could possibly make, the only one choice you could possibly make, and that's whether to take yourself as an illusion in an illusion or offer a willingness to see it from a broader perspective to recognizing what's really true about you, what the Creator knows about you. Okay? There's all kinds of different ways to get caught up like that. All kinds of different ways. I told one friend, you know, you're not responsible for your body. And she goes, what do you mean? <laughs> you're not, I go, you're not responsible for your body's health. You know, she was asking me, you know, she was telling me about how she went vegan and then she seemed to be in really good health and then it went to this and then, you know, some sickness, some parasites, some weight, all this different stuff. And I go, well, you're just not responsible for your body's health. Did you know that? And she's like, what? How can you say that? You know, how can you say that you're not responsible? Like, what about like exercise and stuff like that? And I said, well, it just occurs. It, exercise occurs to you like a thought current. And then you take it as if probably it's good. <laughs> it's good that I'm exercising right now. I should do this more often. <laughs> and that's where the burden comes in oh this is good for me I should make, a, make, make some kind of a, a formula out of this and how will I make sure that I do this I'll use guilt so I'll be guilty if I don't do it so that you know I can come in acceptance of myself I will exercise every morning <laughs> That's how that sense of a separate I get, keeps being upheld in the illusion 
And it's kind of like a block to that joy that you are, or you could say the light, or you could say the harmony that you are. That sense of, I must do something. You know, I have to get this thing done. And, you know, in taking a step, step back and acknowledging, I'm not doing any of this. It's kind of like I'm, I'm standing to the side and watching a river flow. Like just watching it flow. And, and there's nothing that I have to do about it. I, I, can't, I, don't, I can't change the flow of it. But I could choose fear. I could definitely choose fear and, and make it difficult for myself. The way Abraham Hicks would say, and I listened to them years ago, is you'll, you'll get tore up, I think they said, in the current. <laughs> you know, you're just like, don't want it to go a certain way or want it to go, a, a, want it to go this way more. So it's like attaching to it. And it's all just flowing naturally. So there's nothing to try to do about it or get out of it. Even if you sense some, even if you sense some kind of pain coming up in the body, it's like just in experiencing that. Okay, welcome. It's friendly. The pain is friendly. The staff is friendly. For instance, the fire ant <laughs> is so friendly. <laughs> even if you find yourself ca- calling KFA and they're coming out poisoning. Still. (laughs) Yay. Aloha. Welcome. I love you. Thank you. And when when you're willing to see that it's all friendly and it's all a play, it's easy how it's just like, oh, no, thank you. Someone tries to influence you for, you know, to be guilty and you know that it's just yourself playing, it's just playful. How could you do it like that? How could you talk like that? You know? I like the way Tony put it one time. Someone asked him, why, why'd you say that? He says, I don't know. I'm watching it come out just like you are. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're all watching the show (laughs) that's why you know the word integrity is always so much tied not always but often tied so much to action like are your actions in integrity well that's not up to me and someone might think they're out of integrity in fact, real recently, someone thought they were out of integrity. Somehow I made an agreement. I don't even remember it, but yeah, I believe it. I made, <laughs> I made an agreement, and then I dropped the ball. Those were the words. And I just said, oh, okay. I'm not really interested in playing that game. Not really interested in that game. It's not necessary. And there's this big, like, oh, my goodness, well, what will happen if no one follows through on their agreement? They say they're going to do something, and then they know they don't have to do it, so then they just don't do it, and it's like, fuck everyone, mm. you know? And the thing is, it's only, it's only love that we can share. It's not agreements. 
The agreements go how they go. The agreements go according to however they need to bring up whatever sense you need to feel. You could say agreements are made so you can get a sense like someone else broke it or you're guilty because you broke the agreement or you're super grateful that they followed through on their agreement. See? But none of these things have any power to affect how you feel. That's all up to you. And, it's, and you know, it can be so playful to where it's like an agreement is made, but it doesn't need to be followed through with. As all the energy is moving and changing and flowing, these beautiful sound vibrations, circumstances are changing. It's sort of like you say, okay, I'll meet you at noon in this place. You never know what's going to arise. You could completely forget about it. It didn't end up on your calendar. Or you just plain got the thought energy, I'm not going there. Whatever it is, to offer the acceptance of whatever it is that's arising... That's the, that's the agreement. You could say that's the real like underlying agreement. And it's kind of like we have these energy bodies apparently coming together for these dances just so we can trigger each other. Woo-hoo. Yeah. It's like, yay, thank you. Yay. And then reach a deeper sense of love, you know. There's that way of, oh, I'll just relate with a person for a little while, and then when they become a pain in the ass, I'll go over here, and I'll relate with this person over here. You can, you can play in that for a little bit, but it's, it always comes up. It's like, oh, and thank you. That's the thing. Because there is, there is in this, with this lifetime, with this experience of separation, of a body that apparently gets sick and dies... And other bodies apparently getting sick. Remember, if it's in your perception, if it's in your perception, it doesn't even have to be your own apparent body. If it's in your perception, you're still dreaming. There's a difference between being awake in the dream and awake from the dream. See? So as long as there's still this perception, as long as there's still this perception, what's being asked, is an alertness to whatever it is that's upholding this and not allowing for the vision of reality. For that actual, actual have actually the vision of oneness where it's impossible to have a perception of, let's say, aging or staff or any kind of disease or sadness or crying or anything like that. No, it's not boring. It's not boring to be in total joy. That's a big one that comes up for people. But I like this life. And I want more. Because it's so fun. It's so fun to create here. You mean making it up, right? (laughs) I created all these things. I created these babies. I created this house. 
I created this business. I created this relationship. Oh, you made it up. None of that is creative. In this dream, the only thing creative is love. And that's what makes it so easy. That's what makes it so easy. There's no burden on you to do anything or learn anything or be something or be something to someone. It's, a, it's, it's just love. That's all that's creative here. And you know, love will undo the illusion. Love will allow you to see with clear vision what's really here, but not seen. And as that is, as that is occurring, the beautiful thing about it is as it's occurring, as it's undoing like that, everything here becomes so much more beautiful to the senses because of what it's for. What I notice is everyone is so cute. <laughs> no matter what. Yeah. No matter what they seem to be doing, they're just all so cute. <laughs> Wearing, I go, to, I go to Pahoa Town, you know, go to the, go, go to the, um, go to the and there's all kinds of just people sitting, sitting around Pahoa Town, and, you know, they're just all so cute. It's like, oh, I love you. And all of the, and of course, all of the plants and buildings and anything, and it doesn't matter what it is. Because it's all comes, when it comes to that self-acceptance, everything is adorable. There's not even a difference between, like, say, uh, something that is in nature and something that is man-made. There's not a difference between the jungle of Hawaii and the jungle of Los Angeles. See? Because of you. Because of who you are. It's all, it's all the same, just like, all. Oh. <laughs> ah. You find yourself in traffic, you know. I've had that, that experience. You find yourself in traffic, like, like around Orange County especially. You're barely moving. It takes you like an hour and a half to go three miles. You might as well walk it, but you got all your stuff in the car. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's like a perfect, perfect opportunity. Anything that arises says that this shouldn't be. Oh, I wish I was back in Hawaii. Oh, isn't this so sad? You know, any of that. It's all for the same thing. And you just keep on being with, being with joy. Enjoy whatever it is that arises for you because that's where you have that, you could say, that special purpose. That special purpose. And what I mean by that is each one has a unique thought concept, body concept playing out. So you're seeing from an entirely unique perspective. And that perspective is what's necessary. That perspective is what can bring a special kind of healing to, this, to the shared mind. In a special way, let's say. Because of how you per, you're, per, you're perceiving it. Coming from that perspective and allowing it to be healed... That's what gives the gift. That's what shares love with everyone. See? People ask me, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? It's like so simple. Wherever you find yourself, whatever you think it should be, whatever you think is going wrong, allow for a different choice. 
offer just a little bit of willingness to see it differently. You could say, see with the eyes of Christ. See? You're seeing it very differently. Now it's for, oh, I know what to do with this. I know what this is for. Oh, thank goodness. Now I don't have to keep on projecting it or try to make myself wrong. I can just love right now. And, and it's so simple because it's just an energy. It's just like a ticklish, almost ticklish. You know, even if it's like, even if it's bawling and you're, you feel your whole body shuddering, it's, it's juicy under that. There's like a surface layer of that that seems like it's hard. Oh no, this is so bad. Ah, oh, it's so good. Let myself sink right into it. Since there's nothing outside of me, I don't even have to be afraid of. Um, new one that I just heard is that they're putting little bots in us. <laughs> what? Little witch? Bots. Bots. Oh. Yeah, somehow. Oh, bots. Yeah. <laughs> Manda bots. Manda bots. <laughs> and I go, oh, the- <laughs> Thank goodness, thank goodness that's only occurring to me in a thought. And that, you know, even if, the, even if physically it seems like they're putting bots in me, I don't mind. You can say, I did that. You can say, I did, I did that just as much as anyone else. Oh, thank you. Grateful for the bots I mean, that's in me. that's different than microchips or bots? I have no idea, Bob. Oh. <laughs> It sounded like something really sinister and scary, though. <laughs> Those were nano, nanobots. Nanobots. Kind of like 5G. Yeah. My house is 5G. <laughs> if you go there, it's constantly transmitting 5G. That's why you glow. Does that explain something? The 5G in the house? <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> it doesn't mean you might not get the perception of something apparently harming you it's just that there's no worry about that because you're not the one responsible for taking care of yourself you're not the one responsible for that you're not responsible for taking care of your kids that too that's a big one to see oh my goodness that's that's just adding to this false sense. Now I have this kid that I have to take care of. It's up to me to provide for them. See? A lot of people go deep into the delusion from having kids and feeling that sense of responsibility. Like, oh, oh, now I have this to do and it should be like this and my kid should have this and I'm going to give this to them. And, you know, there's nothing to do about that. All it needs is a little bit of relaxation. We talked about last week. Letting that relax, letting yourself relax in that. And all the solutions just come automatically. Like whatever you think you want for yourself, your body, your health, your child, anything like that. Whatever you think you want for them, that's already known. That's already known. And it plays out perfectly without your interference. Again, it's just like you know, two rivers meeting and flowing together. And it's only for sharing love. That's all it's for. 
all of the other things that seem to come and, and happen through it, it's just for play. Even in a business deal, even in any kind of any kind of transaction, even in passing each other on the street, even in thinking, oh, that person doesn't like me. That person doesn't want to talk to me. They don't want to say hi to me, for instance. Okay? It's just so playful. It's like I'm making it up all the time. So that could change in any moment. And I've seen it, too. Kind of like really instantly, too. Like I'll get the thought that this person doesn't want to connect with me, for instance. Oh, that person doesn't want to connect with me. And, you know, in just watching that thought, oh, how interesting, you know, and kind of be playful with it. And it was so funny because the the person goes, you know, we're we're next to each other, and, and I said, aloha, and, you know, and then we hugged, and she goes, I've been wanting to connect with you for so long. And I'm like, me too, how fun, you know? It's just like, let, the, let all those things, all those thought, thought constructs, they just occur to us. We don't know. We're trying to make sense out of something they cannot, you cannot make sense out of. Even if it looks to you like that person doesn't want to connect, you don't know that to be true. Even if they said to you, Hope, you know what, I never want to connect with you. <laughs> well, that's pretty clear. But, <laughs> but, but still... <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> you know, but, but still, I don't believe it. It's like they're just kidding. That doesn't mean that I, I'm trying to power my way through. I don't find myself trying to power my way through and get connected with them or anything like that. I just don't believe in it. So anything can arise. I know this goes on with people all the time. I talk, I talk to people uh, about, you know how they feel around other people, especially when I show up at one of those festivals. And, you know, it's like, I, I don't belong. That's like the main feeling. It's like, I don't belong here. And even when there was some sisters up on stage, one of the sisters was saying how she, you know, always felt like she didn't belong there. Like, those sisters are on this pedestal and she doesn't match up to those sisters on the pedestal. Well, she got over that. <laughs> like she was able to <laughs> she was able to talk about it, but that's not something that's personal. That's so common. So, you can consider it as with your willingness to see through it, you're doing it for all of your friends. You also get the same kind of sense. They get the same kind of sense. This I don't belong sense. Yeah. And and when you're willing to see through it, that's helpful for everyone. That's like beyond belonging. I like it's good. I told one of my friends, I she said, I don't feel like I belong here. I'm like, good. That's because you don't in a certain way. <laughs> you're you're an infinite creator and you find yourself in that yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's a good place to start. 
the, the belonging really comes from you don't belong here in that way. You don't belong as an ego, let's say. You don't belong in your, in, at, in your ego. You're, not gonna be, you're never going to be enough. You're never going to be enough as an ego. You might think that you're going to get to be enough if you get to a certain stage. Maybe a certain stage of notoriety or maybe a certain stage of accomplishment. Ah, I made it. I'm enough. Now I'm going to show you how to be enough. (laughs) No, the illusion's always going to pop up to show you how you're not enough. And it's like, thank you for that. (laughs) What qualifies you? I was doing honey tasting. The honey tasting honey competition. Big Island Beekeepers honey competition. One of the questions is, what qualifies you to be a honey taster? <laughs> I love honey. <laughs> love it. I want to sit around and eat honey all day. <laughs> Get all wired on honey. That's what, <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> what qualifies you to play the harp, for instance? What qualifies you to have wisdom dialogues? You know. One point I asked my husband, I'd love to share this one. He doesn't even remember it because it's just like, it's just for me. It's all of my perception, you know. I said, you don't think I'm qualified to do wisdom dialogues, do you? And he said, well, you did do X, Y, and Z. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, thank you. That's perfect. Allowing the body concept to play out with joy. If it's not, if it's not being judged by you, anyone's judgment of it just becomes so playful. It's not like you have to try to avoid people judging you. It's like anyone who who projects any kind of judgment. And when I say that project, it's like also reflect. See, and it doesn't mean it's pointing to because someone judged something in, in you that you're thinking judgmental about yourself necessarily. It doesn't mean that necessarily. It's just like a magic trick saying, will this get you to identify? You don't have to analyze yourself and say, now where did I judge myself so that I made this person come up and judge me? No, it's just the energy of it, the feeling just gets embraced right where it is. And it's like, oh, thank you. To the person, it's like, oh, thank you. How do you think you're qualified to go over there and do wisdom dialogues? Look at what's going on over here in your life, over on this thing over here. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, the answer to that is thank you. Thank you. And, you know, say I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I, I've, I've said many times, I'm not saying anything that's true, you know, like, I, you could say I'm just full of shit. You could say I'm just completely full of shit. And, you know, all that's being shared is an energy. And if you get inspired by that to allow that inner teaching to come forward, it will. It will. It doesn't matter. 
anyone's perception of you is exactly what they need. So there's no need to try to change anyone's perception. That's why there's no need for any kind of defensiveness. And that's a super fun practice. That is super fun. You know, because there's always this immediate like, no, that's not really how, no, that's not really how it is. You know, if someone tells you this is how it is, this is what you were thinking, this is why you did these things. Okay, thank you. Whoa, at first the ego's like, no, you need to defend yourself. You need to tell them how it really was. They need to learn how they have misperceived you. They've gotten you wrong. And, you know, it's just honoring If that's the perception that they need and they're reflecting that perception to you, that's also the perception of them having a perception of you that you need. (laughs) See? That's no judgment. The ego's like, let me fix this real fast. No, this is what I really meant. That's one of my favorite ones, to feel misunderstood. And then a whole thing will start, you know, a whole thing will start going on, you know, I meant it that way, and so it's this way. And it's like, oh, thank you. And just like, and not needing to correct. <clears throat> I saw you be judgmental. Oh, good. How was that for you? Some of my friends tell me um, it's a little bit difficult to hang to hang around with me because they're afraid that <clears throat> they're gonna say something that's judgmental, and I'll know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but I don't care. That's the thing. <laughs> you can say something judgmental, and I don't care. I still love you. I still want to hang out with you. <laughs> I'm not going to correct you. I just know know in myself that in looking past it and willingness to just look past it, that's how it gets resolved, not in trying to go, oop, there you go. There you go, making a judgment. And it's so much more fun to hang out with people too when you're not trying to judge their judgment. And correct their judgment. What gets corrected is that impulse to make the judgment real. To make it true. To make it like it's their judgment. Look, if you don't see everyone else, if you don't see everyone else as you would like to be seen by the creator, as you actually are seen by the creator, it'll feel like you're deficient. So it's just like in allowing everyone else, any kind of expression to be the expression, but to look right past that. Because that expression that you're perceiving, it's only for the play. We don't see anyone as they are. Seeing someone as unhealed. Seeing someone as going down the wrong path. (laughs) Even as being wrong about something. Sure, you can tell when they're speaking delusion, right? 
You can tell when someone's speaking delusion. Like, for instance, I'm so upset because President Trump, whatever he's doing. (laughs) 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 I'm so upset because anything that seems to be happening in the world. I'm so stressed because of my husband. I wish my kids would behave better. You know. When there's no argument with it, it's just allowed to be expressed, that's where the healing is. That's where the healing for our shared mind is in just allowing that expression to be. The pushiness, the pushing your gifts on someone comes from a sense like they need it. And that, you know, in order for them to need it, they have to be separate from you. If they don't need it, there's no pushiness. If they don't need it, you're just joyfully being as you are and inviting everyone to be exactly as they are. So all of the all of the reflections that arise, like if you find yourself being pushy, for instance, you know, and you can tell, like someone say you're saying something, you're talking about something, and someone gets a reaction to it, that like they don't want to hear it anymore, you know, and you find yourself, but you need to hear this. <laughs> it's gonna heal you. <laughs> you really need to hear this. You know, feel how you feel. Because in the moment, you know, it's the past playing out. And in the moment, the feeling that you're getting, the feeling that you're getting as you're speaking is showing you where it's coming from. Love or fear, for instance. Truth or illusion. So you could be happy about that. Oh, never mind. One of my friends was sharing that, that she was telling another one of her friends how she, she should come to Wisdom Dialogues. You should come to Wisdom Dialogues. And she started to talk about me. And the friend goes, oh, I don't need a guru. And she goes, oh, never mind. <laughs> That's it. Drop. <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> and then the person ends up coming. That's the funny part. And liking it. (laughs) There's no argument. Hey, you should know that whatever. You need need this. Yeah. From a Christian perspective, it's like, don't you know that Jesus died for your your sins? (laughs) So that you can have eternal life. Me yeah, <laughs> exactly. You didn't really have to do that. <laughs> Get off that cross. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because it's, it's, it's so cliche that all you need is love. And it's so easy. It's a, it's too easy for the ego to believe in that. 
okay, all I need is love, but I also need support, for instance. I need the support. I need people to support me. I need you to take care of this and this way. And, you know, there's just not any demands. There's not any demands when you know it's all love. You might have a, you might have a perception of support. I do all the time. I have that perception all the time. Perception of support. But if you're not having a perception of support, that's only for seeing through to that support that you have from the Creator, let's say. Call it the Creator. It's always constant support. And it's the sense that you separated yourself from the Creator that makes illusions of people not giving enough support. That makes the illusion of that. So if you know where it's coming from, then you can get the effect, the feeling effect is that sense of separation, that original sense of separation. You're not really getting a feeling effect from what you perceive in the world. That's not what's giving you the feeling effect. The sense of not being supported by certain key people, for instance, that are supposed to be supporting you, that doesn't, that's, not what's, that's not what that sense is coming from. That's coming from the sense of separation, a thought that's before all of that. So it's like, that's why it's like, thank you for the being, you know, bringing up the trigger. You know, that's a trigger for that sense that's already there. It's just triggered. And so it's like, thank you for showing me this, this feeling like I'm not supported. I can't do what I want to do because I'm not supported. That goes on a lot for people who are trying to make something happen. I've got this great idea how to heal the world. And all I need is this, 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 and this, and this, this. And you don't have to make anything happen. You can't make anything happen. Let's say you're not capable of making anything happen. But if you get the perception that you're capable of making something happen and you agree with it, as in you don't just laugh at it, you agree with it, then it seems like you don't have the support. That's all that's making it seem like that. So if you look to the beginning, basically that you're only creating in thought and you're only capable of creating from the thought of oneness not capable of creating from the thought of separation anything that gets made here is a thought of separation played out it plays out in a in a lighter more playful more beautiful way as it goes but still it's make believe until this illusion is gone that's awakening that's awakening from the dream as opposed to in the dream. A lot of people stop, stop right at awakening in the dream. Oh, I love this dream. I want to keep it. Oh, like lucid dreaming? Yeah. You, you, you find you're awake in the dream. Now I can create whatever I want in the dream, but you're still in the dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
things turn and change. Everything beautiful turns ugly in dreams. See? None of it is none of it is for lasting. And your creations in reality last forever, for eternity. They don't die. And this world, you can say the perception of this world is for restoring your vision of that. Because even before manifestation of the world, before manifestation of the world, the vision of reality is lost, you could say. Not totally. It's always going to be there for you when you're ready to accept it. But it's like you've lost your way in thought even before the manifestation of the world. And so the manifestation of the world is for bringing you back. And it can all be used for that. It doesn't matter what kind of role you see, what kind of role you see yourself in, or what kind of apparent thing is arising for you that's, that's a problem. Oh, wait a minute, it's all for this. And then that makes it all the same. It makes it all one thing. And then you can play with whatever it is that feels, that feels joyful to you. You start to see more and more how easy it is. How easeful it is. How playful it is. Whatever it is that, you, that it seems like you want, it's not going to give you what you think it's going to give you. So hooray. That's what it's meant by not having any idols. It's not going to give you what you think. It's leading to death. On the surface of things, it's leading for death, leading toward death. And as it goes on the surface in that way, as it gets used for healing our shared mind, whatever it is, it could be, I, I, I need this, I need, uh, I don't know, the next big thing. Record sales, I don't know. <laughs> I need to learn how to do flyers, for instance. I mean, it could be anything. It's not going to give you what you think it's going to give you. Any sense of relief you get from getting to that point is temporary and it's always leading to its opposite. But when you get the relief from, with, from within that none of this can affect you, oh, that's a real relief. None of this, what you perceive, can affect you. You decide. Is this a reason to be anxious? Is this a good reason to be anxious? Or can I just have the sense of anxiousness without making up a reason for it? That's where it really unravels. <laughs> 
Another fun one to play with is I lost something. Like if you think you lost something, like say you, say you misplaced your keys, for instance, and you notice the sense like, oh my God, I got to find my keys. My hat was misplaced this weekend. It was the funniest thing. All of a sudden, where is that hat? This hat has been misplaced many times. It's been um, over on the Kona side for months before it comes back to me again. And it's just so playful. It's like, oh my goodness, where's my hat? How am I going to go in the sun? <laughs> my silver lining hat, where is it? <laughs> and just seeing how playful that is, it's not, it's not like I need my hat. I don't need my hat. In fact, there isn't any sun. That's like totally make-believe. It's all for bringing up this feeling. It's all, and it's all for bringing up this feeling. Look at how healing losing something is. It's like, oh, great. I don't know where this thing is. This thing that I thought I have, now I think I lost it. How fun is that? And now I find myself looking for it. Maybe I'm looking under the seat, different places. And then as that gets worn away, you start to see something is missing. Something seems to be missing. It's like, oh, how fun. What will come with this? Anything's like, oh, no. You know, I notice sometimes when I'm hanging out with people, their keys might be, they don't see their keys right now. So there's kind of an, a frantic searching for them. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And, you know, when I, when I see that, I just, like, relax within myself. I don't tell them any way that they should be about it. It's like, rest. Oh, let's find your keys. Oh, how fun. Let's, find, let's look for your keys. Where are we going to look? <laughs> <laughs> This is what we're doing now. This is how we're playing. Yay. So I was at the Monifest and um, it was night. It, it came night and I realized, oh, I don't have my hat. Where's my hat? You know? So I start to make my way to see if the hat is in the Pele tent. And all kinds of people come up and talk to me. I forget why I'm where I'm going. I forget what mission I'm on. What mission am I even on? Oh yeah, I'm going to look for my hat. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a totally different energy than I'm looking for my hat, I'm looking for my hat, I'm looking for my hat. That's all I'm doing. I'm looking for my hat. I gotta find my hat. <laughs> no, it's just, it, it's like, it's like, it's so, it's all synchronicity. Like even me walking through the whatever that thing is, the big greenhouse and all the way around, me walking by all those people and everything, it's all for the same thing. It's not for finding my hat. It's not. Eventually I get there and there's my hat. This hat. I think I've had it like five years. And it's always going somewhere. It's like always going on trips where I don't see it for a while. I left it at a hotel one time. 
didn't even realize it was gone for a while because I wasn't looking for it. I'm like, I wonder if I left it at that hotel. And I called. Yeah, they have it there with my name on it. So next time I'm in the area, oh, it's back again. And it's just like, it's all for bringing, it's all for, it, it, it's all for making these different meetings, let's say. It's like the hat is just involved in the play of making these different meetings. And every single one of them is so meaningful in a way, not in the way the ego looks for it. It's meaningless in one way. It's totally meaningless in whatever you think you're going to get out of it. Even if it means, you're, you know, even if it seems to mean you're buying food at the grocery store and that person is just there to check you out. It's so much more than that. Like every single meeting is for that. Like if, you, if you're focused in that way, if you're focused in watching these energy fluctuations, little thought that occurs to you. Oh, they look so sad today. And get the sense of that. They're not there like that. They're not there like that. Watch how you're making yourself separate. It's fun. Oh, I would never do it like that. I would never wear that sink, stinky synthetic cologne. <laughs> For instance. <laughs> 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 never want to wear red and stripes together. I don't know. <laughs> Hairspray? Oh my god. <laughs> I was sitting in the car outside the gym one time when my daughter was probably around 13 years old and I was about ready to go into the gym and she was going to go into the gym with me and we're in the car and she was such a good reflection because this woman walks by and our windows are open and my daughter goes, oh my God, makeup at the gym? Yeah. <laughs> the woman looks at us, she totally heard it. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> it's like... These things just occur, and it's as if the person is separate. Like, oh my God, they do it like that. People ask me a lot of the times in parenting, like, should I do it? Should I do this? Should I just let my kid eat whatever they want? You know, like you do. You let your kid eat whatever you want. Should I do that too? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Didn't you write a book, though, on parenting? <laughs> yes, and I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I notice is that I don't know. <laughs> because that is not the point. That is not the point in it at all. When you read my book, it's not like you're reading to find out how you, what you should do with your kids. Should I, shouldn't I send my kid to school? I don't know. You know, it's not like that. It's like you're, you're watching how these interactions are going and how you're taking care of yourself. Are you making it as if you, you have to do something? Are you making it as if something's going to go wrong? You know, 
shouldn't I have my kid brush, kids brush their teeth? You know, I have a chapter in my book about brushing teeth and how I just let my kids not brush their teeth if they don't want to brush their teeth. You know, people go, well, what about when they get yellow teeth? They go to the dentist. And, oh, that's perfect. The dentist is looking at you like you're a bad mother because you didn't make them brush their teeth and now they have yellow teeth. That's great. I'm, I, I welcome that. I totally welcome that. And, you know, not everyone's like really that welcoming of that. They think, they think that's my worst nightmare for the dentist to look at me like that. You have been a terrible parent. Look at, you know, you thought you were being all liberal with your kid, being all nice and friendly with them. Now look at them. <laughs> yellow teeth, <laughs> yellow teeth. <laughs> my kids are like no tan what the heck they live in Hawaii <laughs> but with, with nothing happening it's like you can just relax if you find yourself going you know what no actually I insist that you brush your teeth otherwise I'm going to hold your eyelids open and not even let you go to sleep tonight until you brush your teeth, you know. You're going to take care of that. It's just like in total acceptance of whatever it is. You know, just because I didn't find myself drawn to, it was just, oh, you don't want to brush your teeth? Okay. No problem. Oh, you don't want to wash yourself? Okay, no problem. See how that goes. You don't want to go to school? Okay, no problem. Let's see how, how that goes too. I don't know. People tell me it'll be really interesting to see how your kids turn out. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to like change my mind about anything, you know, however they turn out. I don't have an idea of how it should be. It's just, it's just that there's only awareness here. So whatever way I seem to express, that's perfect. I can't get it wrong. We're going to see later based on whatever they do to say whether you got it wrong or not. We're going to see you know, based on how smart they are or dumb they are or what the <laughs> things they do, whether or not you got it right. That's how we're going to evaluate and see whether you're... Theory works. <laughs> your, your daughter's not living up to the theory, it seems like. It seems like that? Yeah. Well, you've been talking about her. You know, she's on cocaine and this, that, and the other thing. She's been very enthusiastic about cocaine, yeah. Yeah. One of my friends asked me, she's, a, she's so sweet, she's so worried. She saw my daughter, she's like, she does not look well. Oh my goodness. She, uh, she used to be this, and now she's this, and she just does not look well. And I go, she's just kidding. <laughs> she's the same. It's still her. No, one's, no, one, no one changes, really. We have the perception of people changing, but really no one's changing. And, you know, the way, the way we decide, like that, that, that feeling like, oh, I'm so sad that I see her that way. Oh, that makes me feel so sad. That's for you. It's like, good. It's like, oh, thank you. 
So what about this idea, so, so love is the answer, but then as children, uh, we don't grow up in an atmosphere of love. So, uh, abuse and sex abuse and all kinds of mistreatment. And so then... Um, it is, though. It is an atmosphere of love. That's a thing. That's a thing. It's being projected as not love, but it's not seen clearly. If we're seeing abuse or anything like that, we're not seeing clearly, even as a child. You know, there's not, it's not like you have less power as a child. It's not like you have less power. So it's like if you have that perception, oh, this is just not love, great. Yay. And that's finding yourself as an adult and looking back on your childhood and saying, this is not love. And remember, it's all reflecting. So if you, if you hold it in that, if you hold it in that as if this is not love, all it's, all it's doing is projecting. It's making more time to try to make it into love. Uh-huh. So you have a concept that it wasn't love, that, which is why you've got problems and diseases and right. neurosis and all that, because uh, I grew up in a sick, neurotic environment, and so it produced me to be sick and neurotic. But then, but then there's, yeah, there, there's the idea that then these unhealed parts get, or what is the cause of like physical disease or whatever, that, that gets repressed. And so then it comes out in a, in a physical symptom. It's, it's that pain or that rage or that grief or fear manifests itself. It, it has to break out into some kind of uh, either psychological illness or physical illness. Yes, all that grief, all that grief, it's kind of like held on, you can say. It's held on by the thought that says that that really happened. I grew up in an environment, in a hateful, abusive environment, for instance. And you know the hateful, abusive environment that you perceive yourself as having grown up in is only projected right now? Like it didn't even happen. It's actually projected right now. So it's like... You can ask to see that with perfect vision. And it, it's given to you to see that in a space of love. It's, it's not all, like it's, it's, not it's, like it's different. Imposed. Yes. Like every, everything, no matter what it is, all the pain, all the misery, all the suffering, it's all real in the mind. Mm-hmm. But as you relax and as you let go of everything there is, then underneath that, as you relax and let go, it's underneath that, that's what really is. And that's love. Yes. So all we have to do is remember that. Yes. But I already forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like staying in it's like staying in a question though, because you know it's like it's like the it's already it's already something that you know. So it's like staying in the question in the sense that there's this forgetting. It's like saying I must not know if I'm upset at all. I have got something wrong. I have misunderstood something. If I'm any kind of upset, I'm misunderstanding something. I'm seeing it with my own judgment on it. It's not like you're trying to recreate your past, like make it as if it was different than what you perceive it to be. But right now, it's being projected and it could be seen in a completely different way. It's not like the, you could say the facts of it are changing on the surface. 
but you're seeing it from an entirely different perspective. And I've shared with you guys before about how, you know, in my, in my childhood, there's all kinds of sexual, you could call it sexual abuse. You can call it physical and sexual abuse. And there were, there were many years where I just wanted revenge. <laughs> ah. Yes, I want him to know. I want him to know that that was wrong. I want him to know that it was so wrong I would feel hot. Like just wanting to get like, oh, justice. <laughs> and, and in just allowing a different interpretation, in just a little bit, like uh, just, it's, it's so tiny the amount of willingness too that needs, that's needed here. It's so tiny. It's just like, like a little bit of just almost like leaning into it. Like, can I really see it from another perspective? I hope I can. I can. I have faith that I can, you know. And then it's given to you. And when the perspective's given to you, even the person who seems to have been so abusive to me, it's like, oh, he's so cute. <laughs> oh, I love him. But like for reals though. It's not like I'm changing the things that he apparently did. It's not like I'm changing those things. Forgiveness and forgiveness, it's like I forgive him for what he didn't do. He actually didn't do anything. No one's done anything. So it's like, it's like there's, a, there's these energetic currents, you know, in this guilty sense. This guilty sense. So are you saying that no one did anything to me because it's not real and it's an illusion to begin with? It's make-believe. Right. Yes, you could say it like that. It's just make-believe. It's, like, it's not like anyone was ever capable of doing anything to me. And there's no past. See? That's the thing. There, the, way, the way I perceived him, I perceived him as if he's separate doing something to me when it's all being made up in my own mind. It's almost like, it's almost like I set him up for that. It's almost like I set him up for that. Because I'd sure as heck rather be the one that's abused than the abuser. That's for sure. That would suck to be like the abuser. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like what side do you want to be on? <laughs> it's like, it's, that seems like the easier side to be on. You know, is it easier, easier for forgiveness than it is if you perceive yourself as the abuser? You know? to allow that forgiveness for yourself. So it's like, it's like, oh, thank you. I'm so glad that it's me. I'm so glad it's me. And I'm so glad that I can see how this can be used for healing. Because that's what's helpful about it. And I see why it was me. Yay. Thank you. And any kind of upset feelings that my mom has about it. You know, I'm just like, it's okay, mom. And I tell my mom, it actually didn't happen. And she understands that. It's okay, it actually didn't happen. She understands that. Now she does. She can confirm it biblically, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but still, she'll go, but still. And it's like, it's okay. And you know, it's so funny because, because before, I w always wanted my mom to take responsibility for her part in it. For her part in it. And then in seeing through, you know, my mom never even took the responsibility until after it was like, oh. And then my mom comes up taking responsibility. I'm like, no, no, it's okay. Nothing happened. 
And you don't want her to be guilty. Oh, heck no. That's me. Yeah. That's me projecting guilt anywhere. That's just ourselves. The way I look at it, the person with the, the person that feels drawn is motivated towards something like that is feeling very bad. They're feeling very guilty. You know? And it's like that's what's given me to see through. That's what's presented to me to see through. It's not personal. It's not personal. It's not, per- it's not reflecting my personal guilt. It's just giving something, something arising in the mind that can be used for healing. And something like this, it can be so healing if it's allowed because it's so intense. It's so intense for people. It seems like it's something you can't laugh about. Oh, but they were just an itty-bitty kid. And this was a big, full-grown, hairy man. <laughs> There's an itty-bitty child and a big old man. Of course he was wrong. <laughs> yeah, but that's maybe because he was abused and he had an unhealed aspect. That not that what creates the? Abuse? He definitely thought he was abu- he was abused. Yeah. He had the thought that he was abused. Yeah. Yes. So then you don't heal it, and then you go on to repeat the same pattern. Because you're unconscious, because you're, you're, you're physically you get a disease, psychologically you get a disease, because it's something that's, that, that's unhealed from your past. You'll end up taking it out on people, for sure. You'll end up, if you feel like you've been victimized by someone, you'll, you'll end up, your body's concept will be played out like that, as if other people are victimizing you in all these different ways. And it could be anything. It could be a political person. It could be your neighbor. You know, someone is stealing your peace and happiness. If you believe that anyone can steal your peace and happiness or that anyone has, or that anyone has injured you in some way, that just keeps on playing out over and over again. So why not let it be healed? Yay. Yay. If, if if, If that's a choice that you can make, which it is, it's the only choice you can make, there's, a, there's another way I've seen gone about, about it where the parent will be a parent who has a memory of being abused and they're doing everything they can to keep their kids safe from abuse. And I've seen it on in two different occasions with two different people that I know where they were like that with their kids and they ended up actually being with the person who ends up doing the abusive thing with their kid. Just like completely just, you know, consciously, it's all in consciousness. It's like, it, it, it's like, oh, you think that that's your responsibility to keep them safe, huh? <laughs> I, I, trust, I trust this person over here. I trust this person, kind of like on my own, I trust this person. I decided that this person is a good, trustworthy, trustworthy person. But when you're not seeing it like that, when you're not seeing like victimhood is possible or my kid could get into anything that could hurt them without their higher authority, then it's just natural. They're, they're just naturally more protected. And there's nothing you can do about it anyways if that's their path. And, and, and you know, unless you're following some kind of fear belief like, okay, that means I shouldn't do anything. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. 
I'm not <clears> saying that you shouldn't do anything. I'm saying you're not capable of doing anything. That's very different. So whatever you appear to be doing on the surface, that's just okay. Letting it be, it be okay. Your guidance will be perfect for whatever it is that needs to occur. No. Doesn't mean that you condone the abuse either. That's something very different. That's also getting the ego involved. Oh yeah, if you want to abuse my kid, go ahead. <laughs> I condone it. You know, I condone that kind of thing. It's not like that. It's just that you're, you're aware of how your guidance is coming to you and you're aware of how your guidance is coming to you, you know, in the form of feeling and you're willing to be open to the guidance. You don't have to try. You don't have to try to protect them. The protectiveness just arises naturally. It, you're just not drawn to the people and things that are going to turn out to be abusive kind of situation, unless that's what's necessary, unless that's what's necessary to bring up whatever needs to be brought up. And allowing yourself to relax. See, that's the thing. People are getting hyper. They're getting worried. They're getting concerned. That's what causes abuse. The worry and the concern is fear. Yeah. Are you okay? My mom's still like that. It's so funny. I was going to visit her and I got and I told her I'm getting a ride from this guy. He's driving me, I think like, I don't know, maybe like 150 miles to her place. And I'm getting this long ride from someone um, across Arizona. And she goes, who is this guy? I want to know who he is. I want his number, I want this, I want this, I want this. And I'm like, okay, if he kills you, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> I'm going to kill him, I'm going to kill him if he kills you. <laughs> or hurts you in every way, in any way. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> you love me. <laughs> you know, it's like... It's like I see it. I see it for what it is, and that it's not a problem. It's not a problem either. But I see that it's like it's projecting for that. It's like that's really possible. Like someone can take advantage about uh, of me against my will. I told my mom, "Can't you see that that's what I wanted?" <laughs> can't Can't you see what that that's what I wanted? Look it. It's like, it's like in yoga, I heard one of my yoga teachers say, forget about what you went through and be what, where it brought you. Be here where it brought you. And it's like, I, I, you know, I can't be more grateful. It's like, thank you. You know, as a kid going through it, of course, it was like, why is this happening to me? Oh, I must be so... Why is this going on? Oh, I just wish it would stop, you know. I wish I was an only child with a different family. I had a whole fantasy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had a whole thing. <laughs> I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. <laughs> but it's like, once you see what it's for, even in that, you're like, oh, thank you. Thank you for give me, giving me that gift. I appreciate you. I'm so glad I don't want any revenge. 
because that hurts and makes more of the same kind of thing. You're really asking for something. That's how creative the mind is. You know, it's like a, it's like you could say it's it's all powerful. And even in dreams, it's all powerful. So where there's a sense of concern or there's a, a, a sense of someone wronged me, it's asking for more of that, not just for yourself, but other people in your perception. Oh, isn't that so sad? What happened to them? Same thing. Ask. That's what the thing people aren't asking for another interpretation in that. It's like leaning to your own understanding, saying, I know that this is bad. That's terrible what those people did to those other people. Yet, nothing happened. And it's projected right now for healing. So, can I see this in another way? Is there another interpretation I can have? Besides, that's terrible what those people did to those people because that's really reflecting on myself. That's really teaching my own mind that I'm a victim of people. That's teaching me, that's teaching me in my mind that I'm a victim of people. However I see myself, that's what, it's teach, no, that's what I'm teaching myself, however I am seeing other people. That's how I'm really seeing myself and that's how I'm teaching myself to be in my mind. So then I can fall prey to certain things. Certain diseases. There's a big disease up right now. I forgot what it's called. You know. Coronavirus. Corona, like the beer. That's right. I love that name. <laughs> Get a lime. That's the cure. <laughs> it's, it's like... You know, okay, now everyone get afraid of this, and then this goes away, and everyone get afraid of this. When I was a kid, we were afraid of nuclear war. Everyone get afraid of this. We need to protect people who are building underground things. There's some really funny movies about that, too. People are building these underground things to protect themselves from this sudden mass hysteria thing that's about to happen. And that goes on on a small scale all day long. If you watch. Oh no, that. Oh no. Oh no, I'm low on gas. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yay, I'm low on gas. They get to go to the gas station. Who knows who I'll be at the gas What kind of wonderful opportunities for sharing love will be at the gas station or at the bank line or at the courthouse? So nothing that you think is ever benign. You think it might be benign. It's one or the other. It's either healing our shared mind, or it's projecting more illusions, projecting more time in which to live through bodies that are apparently dying. Body is kind of like for consciousness. It's for consciousness to express. You can say it's like kind of like food for consciousness is one way I've heard it put. 
That's why it's food for consciousness. Yeah. Blowing on your body. (laughs) Either in pleasure or pain. Well, that's how consciousness plays out. See? That's how consciousness plays out. Bodies. That's why the bodies don't last. Same thing with consciousness. Consciousness won't last. Consciousness is a thought of separation. It's only for a time. As long as there's a need for bodies to play out, there's this consciousness. Consciousness needs needs something to be conscious of. Otherwise, it's just pure awareness. And creation in a way that doesn't lead to anything you don't want. Including any kind of sickness. Including any kind of unhappiness or depression. No accidents, no separation, no coldness, let's say, no distance. Everything's just here. And that's what remains to be seen after awakening in the dream. It's not, that, it's not the end. That's why I say, okay, you're not there yet. If you can hear my voice, (laughs) if you can hear my voice, stay on alert because this is going to be lifted. I was telling my friend Padma today, I have purple hair. (laughs) I have purple wavy hair, actually. But we see this. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It's awesome. But in our creation... It's whatever it is that, that, that occurs to us as the most amazing and joyful. And you don't have to go get it done anywhere. You don't have to go get... <laughs> you don't have to go get it done. <laughs> you don't have to fly from place to place to get to any kind of distance because there's no distance. So as long as you have a perception... As long as you have the, uh, the perception of what, you know, you wouldn't create, it's creation, you wouldn't create, you wouldn't create a limited body, for instance. You can't create a limited body because creation is unlimited. It's not even possible. It's only possible to make it up and have a dream about it. Because it's a dream of separation is so convincing that it makes a body that seems to be separate. And it seems like it and, and, and it seems like you're just subject to its whims. Whatever it does, whatever it, it pretends to feel. However it seems to look. As you're not creative. Creative is way different from what we perceive here. That's why the only power of creation that's available to you here is love. So you don't have to try to make anything of it. Because in actual reality, where you're creating, even right now, as you're having this perception, even right now, creating in reality, it's effortless. There's nothing to do. It's just coming out effortlessly as an extension of joy. And so this, in this world, in this perception, dream, you can start to experience that more and more like it's effortless. 
It really is. It truly is. Loving is effortless. And then whatever seems to be created out of you, the, even the make-believe that seems to be coming out of you, it's effortless too. And you don't have to defend it. It's just like playing. It's like kids on a playground. It's like kids on a playground playing. Oh, I hate you. It's like, oh, thank you. Yay. (laughs) I love you. And, you know, even people that want to come to you to work something out, work something delusional out, like, hey, you did this to me, and you're this, and you're this bad person, and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, thank you. And the energy is, I love you. There's nothing to say to that. It's like the conversation changes, unless there's defensiveness. I was talking to one mom friend of mine and she, she was saying how her daughter tells her what a terrible mom her daughter's an adult, kind of close to my daughter's age. And her, her daughter's telling her what a terrible mom she is. And the mom goes, I'm not that bad. I do this and I do this and I do this. I'm, I'm there for you. I'm doing, doing these things. And I said, Can you imagine just not arguing with that? You're a terrible mom. Oh, thank you. Just not having an argument about it. It, Like, no no need to prove that I am a good mom. There's not even a such thing as that. Well, you're a wonderful daughter. So thank you. And thank you for sharing that with me. And then we can hug and be happy. And the mom said, Oh, I don't think I'm there yet. (laughs) 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 And I'm like, That's it right there. Right there. Oh, I don't think that right there. Because that's so powerful. That thought is so powerful. That you're never going to be there until you see through that thought that you're not there. No way I can just allow my daughter to say these things to me without saying my piece about what I know what makes me a good mom. Being defensive. <laughs> Being defensive. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, even if you perceive yourself being defensive in one moment, it's just an openness to see through it. Ha. See, you're being defensive. You're right. Not a problem. It's not a problem. Look, now you're being defensive. Oh, thank you. (laughs) It's not not a hook. It doesn't have to hook you. I see that look you're giving me. You're giving me this disapproving kind of look. 
like, okay, it occurred to me that I disapproved. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like a current of thought, of disapproval. That doesn't mean I have, I, I have an identification with it. That doesn't mean I actually disapprove. No one's capable of disapproving either, actually. A thought of disapproval arises and there's identification with it or not. And there could be identification with it for a little bit and then noticing that there's identification with it and as soon as it's noticed, no need. That's the whole thing is just noticing it. Noticing it for what it is. Oh, there's disapproval. How fun. Welcome, disapproval. Not go away, disapproval. I don't want you. You're ugly. It's like welcome, disapproval. Oh, I'm just expressing disapproval. Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Whenever I'm expressing disapproval, I'm just kidding. And it passes. Then I see I'm just kidding. <laughs> but in always approving of yourself in whatever manifests. Do you see? So if you if you sense disapproval occurring to you and maybe even identify it identify with it it's always this approval for yourself the identification is also to identify is also a choice in consciousness and it's leading to a deeper healing it's leading to more of an understanding compassion so it's like yay I identified with disapproval. That was so good. What a ride. <laughs> Thank you for helping me that. Thank you for helping me to get that experience. Thank you for helping me to feel what disapproval feels like. So I can see and allow more love, more compassion for myself. You don't have to say that to people. They probably won't understand most of the time. It's so weird with your children when you say to approve of them 95%, but 5% shows up, and you try and hide it, or you don't like that they see it, and, you know, just accept it and work on letting that be. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because I find myself going, but no, look, look at all this information. Look at the 95% that's pure and good, and uh, but they see right through it. A little bit of disapproval, and yeah, yeah, and it's perfect. And it doesn't, it, it doesn't reflect on you. That's the important thing. It does not, it does not reflect on you. See? It's only giving you another opportunity for healing our shared mind. It's not a sign of where you are spiritually or anything like that. It's just giving you another opportunity. So it's saying, hey, look at this. Okay, thank you. And you know, in that, there's such a teaching in that. It's like, oh yeah, disapproval did, did occur to me. I don't believe it though. 
It's like my, with my son, he's like, he's like, um, you seem mad at me. And I go, oh my goodness, I was just thinking the same thing about you. Mm-hmm. And then I know it's not true. <laughs> and then we just laugh. See? Still, I don't feel like I want to go to cocaine parties, and that's totally okay with me. <laughs> that's not a way to show my approval. That's not, there's nothing I can do on the surface of things to make it as if this, approve, this is approval. I'm not drawn to the cocaine party. No, I'm not interested in doing cocaine. <laughs> I'm not motivated by it. It's okay if you want to do cocaine, but I'm not interested. That's not for me. See? It's not like you have to be in a certain way. It's like You have to show, okay, I'm going to show you that I approve of you by taking it myself, by hanging out at cocaine parties. But when you say that to yourself, are you also saying, I, I don't approve of cocaine or I'm not interested or drawn to it, but tomorrow, who knows? Who knows? I mean, so you're really just saying it for that moment. Yep. You aren't doing a blanket, mm-hmm. I'm not and I never will be. Yeah, I said, I said, why don't you invite me, you know, just invite me when you're having a cocaine party. We'll see what's up, you know. And she did. As it is right now. No, I didn't. I, didn't, I never got invited. Because the story that I, I'm bad, I'm bad on cocaine or whatever it is, <laughs> is a good story. Bad on cocaine? <laughs> down on cocaine, yeah. Oh, oh you're down on cocaine. Yeah. That, that uh, if only my mom would come to this party and do cocaine with me. It's just such a good story. <laughs> 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 then I'd know she really approves of me. <laughs> it's such a good story. <laughs> like so, invite. I haven't actually been invited to one. I haven't. Act- it was just like a, thrown as a as kind of a scenario. I, you know, I don't feel motive for for that. But you know, when you're actually like going to one, invite me. We'll see. Could she change. She might be embarrassed. Who knows? I might be a better co- cocaine snorter than anyone. <laughs> yeah it's like open I can see that it doesn't appeal to me but there's still an openness for whatever the moment may bring I mean maybe I will get the guidance and you know by get the guidance it's not like a voice talk to me and say you should do this hope it's not like that I could feel it I can feel it. It's like, it's like, is it light or is it heavy? Is it light or is it heavy? I could tell. It's like, hey, you want to do this? Oh, yeah, it feels good. You go in that direction. You know? When I, when I hear, like, you know, hey, Hope, do you want to, like, stay up all night and do cocaine? It's like, no, that doesn't sound good to me at all. <laughs> did, did you see Annie Hall, the Woody Allen movie, where he was invited to a cocaine party? plate of, uh, you know, like hundreds of dollars of cocaine, <laughs> and he takes a little sniff and sneezes into the oh, yeah, all over the room.
the conversations around, you know, don't appeal to me. Like when people are doing cocaine, I notice the conversations don't appeal to me. You know, I know I've noticed that too. Could they at another time? I don't know. I'll just stay open to it and see what happens. But now your daughter doesn't associate with you, or? No, no, she does. Oh, she does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For an update, um, if anyone was watching on Wisdom Dialogues online last week, the police came during Wisdom Dialogues online looking for my daughter. Oh, yeah. What's the outcome of that? Look at it. I got it. It was really exciting. It was really exciting. They were looking for her because she had a rental car, and it was... And she had it for some months over the rental car period and then had a, a car accident with someone and fled the scene. So they were over at, at, at my place while Wisdom Dialogues was going on. And I just loved it. I had so much fun. You know, the police was really fun. I walked out there at first. He's just like really serious, like, and who are you? And I said, Hope Johnson. And he goes, do you also go by Ikea Johnson? And I said, no, that's my daughter. And he goes, oh, and he's like, tells me what she, what, what went down with her, what she did and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, my sweetie, you know, and he's like, and, and, and he's like, oh, I'm not going to arrest her. You know, they just offer that. It's so, I didn't ask. I'm not going to arrest her. You know, they, they're like that. It's funny. It's like, they, it, they like you. It's like, <laughs> he's like, I just want to talk to her, you know, we'll straighten some stuff out. So the next day she came over, on Wednesday she came over and um, she didn't come, she didn't immediately come in the house, but her boyfriend came in the house and said she's really scared that I'm going to be mad at her. Yeah. She's really scared that I'm going to be mad at her. I'm like, really? And I just hollered from inside the house, I'm never mad at you. (laughs) Again, I'm never mad at you. Why does she think that? Because she said that over and over again and you're never ever mad at her. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah, it's wonderful. I love it. And and so I just and so I just went outside to her because there was like this shaky kind of fear thing going on where she didn't want to come in. She didn't want to face her parents after that. And I just went out there and loved her up. And she was just like really receptive to the love. And like more receptive to love than I've seen in a while. Just like, ah, oh, thank you. And, you know, letting me embrace her and stuff. And I'm like, you're never going to do it wrong. You're never going to do anything wrong. This is, this is so cute. It's so awesome. What's going on? Like, how are you going to, what, did you talk to the cops? And, you know, just like have a, have a fun light conversation about it you know just a light conversation about oh yeah i knew about that they came during wisdom dialogue i'm laughing about it you know (laughs) it was wonderful because you know to give you a little bit of background if you didn't know she came to me at one point i think it was christmas christmas day maybe and said how this is so bad for wisdom dialogues this is so bad about how she is is so bad for wisdom dialogue she's going to ruin everything you know and i said no it's not it's good for wisdom dialogues it's freaking awesome <laughs> you're not going to get it wrong and that's the thing there's like there's there's this um uh, almost like an influential energy trying to get you on a bandwagon like somehow something is going wrong i'm getting it wrong i'm doing this to you i'm making it hard for you 
And I'll get a thought that occurs to me, why is she doing this to me? Mm. And it's like, oh, yay. <laughs> that's, that's how the illusion is. It's like it's always, it's always bringing something to try to show you that you're not worthy. See? And one of my friends, one of my friends was going through that she was a fraud, you know, because she had been sharing with people what, you know, what this is and what our purpose is in this and everything. And then something occurred for her really big in her, in her perception, it was really big. Um, and all of a sudden she went on this fear train and felt like such a fraud, like all that stuff I was saying to all that people, it wasn't even true because I can't even live it now. And I kept on going, it doesn't mean anything. Everything that you said, everything that you said, it's getting reflected back to you now by your friends. Your friends are reflecting it back to you. They're giving that back to you that you have not done anything. You have not strayed from anything. You're just having a dream that you've strayed from something. But all of that, all of what you shared, it's all still known to you. And it's coming back. And when she got to the other side of it, she's like, oh, I haven't gone anywhere. That didn't even happen. In fact, just it, having the imagination of it happening brought me to such a deeper place of relief. You know, it's like you just can't get it wrong in any way. So it's like anyone, any kind of family member that you have, and I know this goes on in a lot of different families, where, you know, someone seems like they've totally gone down the wrong path, so to speak. Honor that. It's all, you know, the outcome's always certain. There's so, only perfection. So, so what happened then? I don't know beyond that. I have not seen her since last Wednesday. Oh, she didn't. Wednesday or Thursday, something like that. Oh. Yeah. She had an appointment on Friday. I knew that. With what? The police. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know at this point. Oh. And there's no, there's no, there's no phone communication because there's no way to get a hold of her on her phone. I don't know. <laughs> so when I see her, I see her, basically, is what I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't feel... Yeah, uh, yeah. if I'm in the loop, I'm in the loop. I, I know it's all good. You'll let everything play out, including yourself. Let everything just play out. Keep on, keep on acknowledging what's really true. And wherever you seem to journey, you're bringing back big gifts. They're bringing back big gifts. And whatever anyone seems to tell you is a gift. Like, oh no, not that. And it's good because they know how to push your buttons just perfectly. The ones around you, they know how to push your buttons just perfectly. And when they do, it's like, oh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> you guys are so sweet. <laughs> They're over there thanking each other. No, I was pushing his buttons. Oh, <laughs> then he said thank he you. Said thank oh, <laughs> yay! They, and they say it just perfectly too. And, you know, it, and everything that comes out of a person's mouth, especially if it seems like, oh, oh, and that's just perfect. It's exactly the way you needed to hear it. 
So hooray, everyone! Yay! Yay. Woohoo! <laughs> oh, I'm still recording for a second. I just want to say I am at the Hawaii Tantra Festival next week, 4 to 6, Monday, 4 to 6, instead of here. So I'm not going to be here next week, 4 to 6. I'm going to be at Kalani. And if you go to Kalani around 4 o'clock or a little bit before 4 o'clock, whatever it is, and you say you're there for Hope Johnson, you don't have to pay to come to my session. Yay! Yeah! <laughs> Isn't that sweet? They keep it free. They keep it free for me. So you're welcome to come. And then on Tuesday, um, next Tuesday, this is next Monday, next Tuesday, there's no Wisdom Dialogues online. Instead, I'm going to be in Kona, and I'm going to be giving a talk on my book, Unschooling for Parents. Yeah. And if you don't have the book yet, in person, I'll bring it next week. <laughs> and if you like the book, I'll bring it next week. You're not going to be here next week. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll bring it to Kalani next week. It'll be at Kalani next week is what I mean. Um, and you can also get it at hopejohnson.org. If you go to hopejohnson.org, you can get the book. And you can get all these recordings on podcasts also. You can get notified on your podcast if you want. SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and all the little no-name ones as well. So you can, whatever podcast channel you love, you can get them. And friend her on Facebook because she puts good. <laughs> all week long. <laughs> as they occur to me, as they arise, a lot of the times they go on Facebook because I have a really fun time on Facebook. <laughs> Yay. And Instagram. I'm not actually posting those things, but my friends are. Yeah? They're taking what I posted before and putting it on. Sometimes it's Anastasia who's here right now. Thank you, Anastasia. She does really cool ones. She knows how to work that computer thing. And she can, like, put words on photos. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing to me. That is absolutely amazing. She makes little books where you can turn the page on Instagram. <laughs> ah, mahalo, everyone. Aloha. Yeah, thank you.